Contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Hey, boys and girls, and welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. I am your aforementioned Andrew Brandt. It's going to be a Brandt's Rants edition this week, talking about the latest player caught in the crossfire between the NFL and the NFLPA, Ezekiel Elliott. These two sides, I'm not talking about Elliott, the, the PA and the league, they hate each other. They dislike each other. They don't trust each other. And Elliott's caught in the middle right now. We'll talk about that hearing, where it's going and we'll talk about Roger Goodell's extension in light of all this. First, a word from our sponsor, Harry's.com. Harry's is a great shave at a fair price. I'm one of three million guys that have switched to Harry's. Gives me a great quality shave, comfortable glide, never have a cut. I love the smell of the aftershave. Not too fragrant, but just enough. Harry's is so confident you'll like it. They'll give you a free trial from Harry's today. That's $13 value for free. You're going to get this weighted handle. It's ergonomically very friendly. You'll get five precision-engineered blades. You'll get the lubricating strip, trimmer blade, rich shaving gel, and a travel blade cover. Again, you get all of that for free. Go to harrys.com slash sports, harrys.com slash sports, S-P-O-R-T-S, all caps. You go there right now, and you'll get it again. Harry's is a new way to shave. I use it. You should use it. Great shave at a fair price. This Branch Rants edition is going to deal with Ezekiel Elliott. He is the latest player caught in the crossfire of a new conduct policy. So let's take you back. I think the NFL changed for good. There was two NFLs. There's one pre-September 8th, 2014. There's one post-September 8th, 2014. What was that date? It was the day of the Ray Rice video. So up until that point, the attitude for domestic violence was this. We had precedent. I'm a lawyer. You talk about precedent. It was about two games. Yeah, Brandon Marshall, I think he'd gotten three games, but it was reduced to one. So that's what they were getting. And if you remember, there was not that great an outcry about Ray Rice getting two games back in 2014. In fact, his employer, not the NFL, his employer, the Baltimore Ravens, supported him at every turn, even had a press conference extolling his virtues The PR director wrote a nice article about him on their website, but then it all changed. The punch video came out summarily released by the Ravens, and after all that support, they cut him, and the NFL, of course, they invoked an indefinite suspension, one that was later overturned on appeal, even though it was a Pyrrhic victory, because Ray Rice never played that year, never played the year after, never played the year after, and I think it's very doubtful that he ever plays again. Also, during that time, we had the specter of Adrian Peterson and Greg Hardy and their issues with domestic violence, and all of a sudden, the league was at a crossroads. They put Hardy and Peterson on ice with this little use. They brought it out of cobwebs. Commissioner exempt list, keeping them off the field while sponsors and fans and media, frankly, were braying in the face of what was happening at that time. So then we have a new day. Now, I remember vividly covering this for ESPN, listening to Roger Goodell's press conference and saying, oh my God, here we are. We have an opening, an opening for inclusion. Inclusion of who? The NFLPA. It's time for Roger Goodell to bring in DeMaurice Smith and the NFLPA and make it a true partnership. The NFL's got a lot of partners. They've got fans. They've got media. They've got sponsors. They've got sweetholders. They've got 
advertisers, and of course the networks, but maybe the most important partner, which they continue to ignore, is the players. And again, there was limited input from the players. It was frankly ignored. And in December of 2014, a new conduct policy was unveiled with two features the NFLPA strongly opposed, uh, exempt list and paid leave. They are features of the new policy. The other feature is a six-game baseline suspension for domestic violence. Really not used in these intervening two and a half years, and here we are. It's now being used. The Dallas Cowboys star running back Ezekiel Elliott suspended six games. He has, of course, appealed. Why not? There will be lawyers. Nothing to lose by appealing. That appeal is going to be heard next week. Here is way I look at that appeal. It's going to be very difficult for Elliott to win this appeal. Yes, it is not Roger Goodell serving as judge and jury because he was not even the jury. This was adjudicated in terms of the suspension by a panel of experts that they convened. It was, it's going to be heard not by Roger Goodell, but by his designated hearing officer, Harold Henderson. The good news for the players is that Harold Henderson has reduced some. He reduced Greg Hardy from 10 games to 4 games. The bad news is there may not be any person more institutionally aligned with the NFL, not the NFLPA, the NFL, than Harold Henderson. I know him well. I've argued in front of him. I've done grievances and arbitrations, both as an agent and for the Packers. It's going to be a tough haul. I think for Elliott to go in there and argue the facts is going to be tough. The NFL has spent a year on a fact-finding mission. They've created a 160-page report. They are not going to be swayed by new facts. This is not about new facts. This is an appeal. This is a right of the player to appeal the decision, and introducing facts is probably not going to be the best way. This is not a fact-finding court. It is an appellate court, if you will. So what are he going to have to do? Well, one thing he's going to have to do, I think, that I think it's unlikely he will do, is show remorse. This has been a hallmark of all these cases under union leadership. They don't show remorse. They come in guns blazing. They argue about the victim. They argue about credibility. And we're probably not going to see that. In my opinion, if Elliot comes in with some remorse, on his sword, on his bended knee, apologizing for his actions, apologizing for embarrassing the NFL brand, the Cowboys brand. I think that Roger Goodell would show empathy to that and knock off a game or two of the suspension. Of course, we have seen no remorse, whether it be Hardy or Peterson or Tom Brady, so it's unlikely we'll see it with Elliott. My sense is that would be a best chance. What's going to happen? Well, I think we're going to see some... He said, she said, uh, as we always do, I think there's going to be some credibility attacks on behalf of the union attorneys towards the victim in the Elliott case. Now, Elliott's behavior was certainly not commendable. I think we're going to get into bigger issues here, whether uh, a woman in this situation can be, can show some lack of credibility, but still have suffered at the hands of domestic violence. That's an issue I'm not addressing here. What I am saying is this is going to be a tough case for Elliot. A panel of experts convened by the commissioner, because remember, after the, the Ray Rice fiasco, people were brought in. Domestic violence experts, sex crimes prosecutors, the woman that wrote 
the Domestic Violence Against Women Act back in 1994. These were brought in as experts and even more experts are convened to do this. So here's where we are. We have a hearing of one of the star players in the league. Now, some people would say, whoa, why are they, you know, they have it against the Cowboys. They have it against the Patriots with Brady. Do we really think this league wants to suspend two of its biggest names? Of course not. What it does want to do is show to the other owners that there is not favoritism, that all the people that think that Roger Goodell is the junior commissioner to, you pick a name, Robert Kraft or Jerry Jones, well, how about this? Robert Kraft was livid last year, two years ago. Jerry Jones is reportedly livid about Ezekiel Elliott. Well, you know what? For every owner that's livid, there are dozens of owners, probably a dozen or two, saying, boy, Roger, go get him. Which brings us to this other issue involved with these suspensions. I think the, the unpopularity of Roger Goodell has been one of the most overstated and over-exaggerated stories of the past few years. He has an ownership base that is very supportive. And just this week, we're seeing reports of a pending five-year extension for Roger Goodell, whose contract doesn't even expire for two years, which would put him in office another seven years through 2024 at, yes, a very high price. Who knows, $30, $40 million a year. What do you pay someone who's the steward of a company putting off $13, $14 billion of revenue a year? You can make the argument that is a fair price, even reasonable. So I think what we're talking about here is two things. One, we have an ownership base that is behind Roger Goodell. They understand he takes the bullets so they don't have to. How many times did we hear criticism of Steve Bashotti regarding Ray Rice, the owner of the Ravens? They didn't do any discipline. Versus what we heard criticism about Roger Goodell with Ray Rice, who initially suspended him two games, two games more than the Ravens did anything to him. He takes the bullets so they don't have to. Number two, we're in the middle of a 10-year, extraordinary length, CBA, which is obviously team-friendly. More on that in a minute when I talk about DeMaurice Smith. And number three, asset values are skyrocketing. Number four, business is booming. We have a deal. We had Twitter last year for $10 million. We have Amazon. This is just streaming rights for Thursday Night Games. For $50 million. imagine where they're going to be when these contracts come up for television. We're going to be talking about owners getting money from uh, OTT companies like Amazon or Twitter or Facebook or Google, as well as the over-the-air networks. So it's going to be, uh, for those you know worried about the future of the NFL, please, this is happening. Um, so we do have ownership behind Goodell. I think that's important to know because... As much as he gets criticism in the press, in the media, and from fans, and from, frankly, from players, and obviously the leader of the union, the union leadership, it's all kind of incidental. Uh, This constituent that he serves is very much behind him and seems to be willing to be that way for seven more years at least. So that's where we are. As to the other side, the NFLPA has taken a combative tone with the NFL ever since and before the 2011 CBA, it does seem like DeMaury Smith wants to avoid the perception that was before him with Gene Upshaw and former commissioner Paul Taglibu that they were close, that they were able to get things done, that they were able to grease the skids and have 
productive relationships due to being chummy. Well, Smith does not want to appear chummy. He's very combative. Uh, when it comes to Goodell, he talks about him lying. He makes accusations, has a lot of bluster when talking about the league. In uh, this week is a, is a HBO piece about uh, Demory Smith, Bryant Gumbel interviewing Demory Smith on Real Sports. The other, another person he interviewed for this segment is myself. And I tried to be fair. And listen, I've been baited a lot to, to talk about the CBA. I covered it in great detail. And everyone's sort of asking me to say, you know, they stunk, that they got railroaded. I think there are parts of it that obviously have benefits for the players. There's increase in pensions. There's increase in health care. The health benefits from not having to be around in the offseason, hopefully they pay off with longevity for players. Hopefully they pay off down the road. The idea that coaches can't uh, demand as much time from players because coaches I know so well, they will do that. They get bored in the offseason. They'll put players out there. Now they're being dinged for that. That was a concern of Upshaw as well as Smith. But deficiencies. And I've written about these deficiencies. I've talked about them. I think uh, a more experienced negotiator could have done better with minimum payments Minimum uh, collective payments to, to players, team minimums over way too long a period, four-year buckets, 89% is too low. Teams are abusing the system by carrying over cap where they're being judged on the real cap and not the adjusted cap. Teams with $200 million of cap room on a $157 million cap and not having to pay. It's just a little, lot of little things that have come up um, that show that and a word I used in an article I wrote for the MMQB was larceny, and that word has been thrown around by Bryant Gumbel in this piece that's on HBO. I'm not proud of that word. I, I certainly think it's better for both sides when you have a more equitable deal. It's better for both sides when you have experienced negotiators when they're tough, tough but fair. It's better for both sides when you don't have a lopsided deal. It makes things easier. It smooths things down the road. It's better for both sides when there are issues in play that can go back and forth without having to deal with litigation. We'll see where this goes. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. When we hear the idea that there will have to be a work stoppage in 2021 or whenever the heck it is, I'm like, really? That's a pretty fatalistic way to put things. That's pretty... Listen... We don't know what's going to happen in the next four years. I mean, look at this country right now. I mean, what is going to happen in four years? You're saying, let's give up right now? I think negotiations could be going on. And why aren't they? Because there's just no like, there's no trust, there's no relationship between the two sides. And that seems to be how both sides want it to be and just show up. Listen, I think the union had more leverage in 2011 uh, than it may have in 2021. In 2011, they had a good deal. And yeah, the owners wanted to claw back. But hey, you're sitting on a good deal from 2006. In 2021, you're not sitting on as good a deal. And you're trying to get things back. So the clawback's going to be trying to come from the other side. And the owners are going to be too happy to sit on what they had. That's why I think you need some kind of relationship to make gains rather than just hold out for a strike. And when are you going to strike in March when the deal's up? I mean, missing off-season workouts and missing mini camps. I don't. I don't think the owners going to be too worried about that right now. You're only around the off-season for you know ten weeks as it is, nine weeks. So 
I think the owners will live with that. To say that a, a strike will do anything even if it does happen, you know, again, this is way off right now. Hard to make any predictions on that. Bottom line is here, we have a big hearing next week. We've gone through Rice, we've gone through Peterson, we've gone through Hardy, we've gone through Brady. Now we're at Ezekiel Elliott, another star for the league, and he's going to be out an amount of time. I think that we get in this hearing, there's going to be sniping about the victim, there's going to be credibility issues. It's going to come down to a he said, she said. The arbitrator, uh, Harold Henderson, is going to look to the experts and what they decided and why they decided this. We have a policy that says six games. And by the way, Ezekiel Elliott was not on any kind of exemplist while this was going on, where, in my mind, Roger Goodell could say to Jerry Jones, hey, yeah, we're suspending him six games, but we didn't put him on the exemplist. Because remember that? That was supposed to be, while well, we sort this thing out. Let's take the guy off the field. They didn't do that in 2016. And by the way, these incidents did happen in summer of 2016. A lot of people are asking me, well, what if he wasn't even signed with the Cowboys yet. Well, as soon as he's drafted in April, April 2016, he became part of the bargaining unit uh, for labor law purposes, thus subject to discipline by the NFL. Had he done these incidents in March of 2016 instead of July or June of 2016, he would not be punished. And I realized uh, another Ohio State player, Terrell Pryor, was punished coming into the league, but that was a deal made for him to come in on the supplemental draft. There has not been pre-employment discipline from the NFL, and I'm, in my opinion, it would not have happened to Elliott. Last point on Elliott, the incident in the St. Patrick's Day parade where he pulled down a woman's blouse and felt her breast, that does not factor into the six games, but it is mentioned in the report as something probative to sort of character to the way he perhaps looks at women. Uh, there was no permission, obviously, given for him to do that. It was in plain sight. So that is something that will go to kind of a uh, deeper meaning of the suspension rather than being part of the suspension. But that's, that's ahead. So we're going to have this suspension. It's the latest version of what has gone on between the league and the union. And ultimately, like everything, it all comes back to where it started, the CBA. The collective bargaining agreement grants commissioner these powers. Now, I know people are going to say these powers haven't been used this way before. They weren't used this way by Tagliabue. They haven't been used this way by other commissioners. But here's the deal. Roger Goodell has been the conduct commissioner since he started. This is not new for him to get involved this way. In fact, Elliot not charged doesn't mean anything. He has done this before 2010, Ben Roethlisberger suspended six games, later reduced to four, for behavior in a bathroom with a woman that was judged to be not worthy of charges by the criminal authorities there. Now, Goodell still suspended. This was 2010. His uh, alleged overreach and his way of legislating player conduct was an issue way before the 2011 CBA. So... I think it's, first of all, for some people to say, well, it wasn't an issue back then. Well, A, it was. B, the union made it an issue. I was remember being told during those, covering those hearings that they wanted to rein in Goodell on this issue of player conduct. But as with this deal, when the, the horse trading came at the end of the day to make it happen after the, they lost in court, that sort of stayed where it was.
Will it be a priority in 2021? We'll have to see. That's the business of sports with Andrew Brand. Sort <laughs> of taking you inside Ezekiel Elliott hearing the NFL NFLPA relationship. One leader just getting extended for a new contract into 2024. That's Roger Goodell. Another leader being profiled on HBO this week with my commentary as part of it. It's an interesting time in the NFL. We see things happen in other leagues where it is a smoother operation. Not sure why. Uh, it just I don't think it's endemic to the sport of football. I, I've talked many times about lack of guaranteed contracts. I don't think that's something that can be wished away simply because there are more numbers in the NFL. I think that's an issue. So we'll see where this goes. I'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. I, you can follow me on Twitter and listen to this podcast at TuneIn, Stitcher, iTunes, RossTucker.com, or wherever you hear your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.